0: Yo, check it out. This is episode 6 of CounterCurrents. I'm host Petey Steele numero uno.
1: And this is your host Elena Torres coming to you straight from the Draft House in Washington, D.C. And today we have a very special guest with us, Miss Bridget Guerin. Hey,
2: thank you for having me.
0: Is Guerin how it's pronounced for real?
2: Yeah, it is. It's um Irish, so my grandparents said Guerin, but you can't say that in an American accent. Really? So now it's just Garen. Huh. We yeah. Garen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. So it's like kind of Gaelic or just Celtic or like
2: It's a uh, it's actually a misspelled Huguenot name. Ooh. So just generations of illiteracy.
0: This I is Bryn Bridget this. Garen yeah. Yeah. for ancestry.com. <laughs> <dot> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you got that Irish look about you, and unlike a lot of um, like Irish people... Like, and... Well, no, but, like, <laughs> actually kind of happy. You look kind of like the ones that are, like, portrayed in picture books and stuff. Like, the Irish people in, like, my family, they're more despondent, they're more gruff, they're more, like, assholes like me, you know? Like, um, so,
2: like, I look, like, leprechaun-ish?
0: Well, I mean, more happy. <laughs> I didn't say that. You you're using the self-deprecating shit. I'm not going down that road with our guest like uh-uh. I was just going to
1: say really good nose. Aww. In general. That's usually what I, what I when I say when I think of like, oh, you have an Irish face. You just have like the ideal nose wow. job nose. I and I mean like post. have never heard that? You've never heard that?
2: No. Thank you.
1: You're wearing an LA hat. I would think you would have spent more time in LA. That's I was, common. That's I was common LA, LA knowledge. LA. You were born in LA. Yeah. Oh,
2: really? Yeah, I was a big Dodgers fan, ages four to seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, so.
1: And what brought your family here?
2: Uh, Work, my dad's job.
1: Okay. So. And where around here did you grow up? Um,
2: Manassas, Virginia. All right. Petey's making a face.
0: <laughs> no, no, you know something? I didn't know that much about Manassas till a couple years back. My buddy got a house out there on some kind of like, I don't know, special loan thing or home ownership thing through the government. Um. It was a kick-ass house. I mean, it was huge. And it was only like two hundred fifty grand or something. It had all these bedrooms. It was big. But it was kind of cloistered away in a different part of the neighborhood. And then I went out to, like, I guess kind of Manassas, like, proper or whatever. And there's definitely a lot of, like, pickup trucks and tire irons and, like, paint cans out in people's front yards. Like, it seems more like, I don't know, working class. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate?
2: Yeah, I think Manassas is like the farthest south you can go where it's still Nova. Mm-hmm. Like after Manassas, it's Farms. The
0: VRE doesn't go any further yeah. than that, huh? Yeah, exactly. I got you. Okay. So, I mean, let me just say, because I already said you look like a happy person and stuff compared to the average Irish, but you're also happier than a lot of fucking comics, I know.
2: Aww.
0: Um. Yeah. <laughs> and Elena's agreeing with me right now.
2: I think you guys are happier than a lot of comics, too, oh, though.
0: Why, well, thanks. For me, sure, too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, me, too. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right, I want to hear more about this, and then we'll get back to you. Okay. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us more about how, why you think we're happy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But you do seem to have a pretty good attitude throughout comedy compared to a lot of people. I feel like oh. you can get burned pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about other people. I feel like a lot of comics are... I don't know. I don't want to s- speak generally because it's such a wide variety of people who do comedy.
1: Well, well we're all friends here, but you yeah. can speak a little generally. I can tell you want to go there. Like, what do you mean by, by you don't want to speak for a lot of comics, but... No, well,
2: because I think it, there is like a wide variety of people who do comedy. Because like... Right. I don't... I, don't, I think people fe- like think that comedy attracts a type, but I don't think it really does
1: that's fair that's fair
0: no I agree but one of the things I like to kind of preach and be about is the fact that I don't think you need to be kind of like this stereotypical really morose and out of shape and just depressed and unhappy type of person to be doing comedy all the time like you can even have that as part of your content. I mean, everybody in here knows I the kind of stuff I do. It's blue. It's dark. It's kind of crazy. But that's not how I'm living my life, like, 24-7. And I think it's important to have that balance or even your dark material or suffer on stage. Kind of. It's weird because it becomes less of, like, an act and more of, like, holy shit, the lines are blurred. Um. And, and, and I like to see people that are kind of like, you know, living their best life, as Joel Osteen says, outside of the comedy circuit, you know what I'm saying, like, when they're off stage. I, I don't get the kind of like, I don't know, the weird vibes I get from some of the other comics that just look like they woke up, rolled out of bed, and fucking, you know, cooked half an omelet and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know?
2: Yeah, um... I- I don't know. I think I just, maybe it's like, is again very generalized, but maybe like being a woman, it's like you kind of do have an expectation that you have to take care of yourself. So, it's like, little, like Alana, you probably, like...
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I think another, I think sometimes I will put on even more of a front at comedy as a woman in comedy because if I'm anything other than sort of like... Upbeat and seeming resilient I'll get labeled as emotional
2: Oh, You know
1: like I feel like that's And that's I feel like just being a woman in the workplace right Is like you constantly have to I think battle Like if you're having a bad day then it's like She's emotional and crazy
2: Yeah exactly it's like Like one time I was on my period and it was just like everything hurt and it was like terrible mm-hmm. and I was like, what if I like shared that with the audience? Like, what if wouldn't that make this like more real? Mm-hmm. And I did, and they were just like, we don't care. Like, please just do your jokes.
1: Audiences get really weird with period yeah, stuff. They don't. They don't, really, they don't yeah. like it. No, you have to. It's really <laughs> he about managing. Like it apparently, <laughs> it's really about managing the tone with period yeah. stuff. I found like you got to be really happy-go-lucky. When you talk about your period, which, especially if you're on your period, is the hardest to do. Yeah. Because if not, they're just like, "Mm, I don't really want to hear this. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: No, I'm actually cool with blood in any form or fashion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I did almost go back to school to become a nurse. At one point oh, yeah? In time. I was yeah. in nursing
2: school for a hot second. Yeah. As well. I was yeah. there for like
0: three weeks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, nah. Just It was one of those crash program things. And they were like, you're going to be a bachelor's within like 13 months. Wow, yeah. And at first, I was like, cool. But then I got there, and after like a couple weeks, I was like, yo, I'm not going to have a life. And I'm not going to be able to do comedy every night. There's no fucking way. Yeah. And I wanted comedy more. I didn't realize how much at the time. Like, I'd been doing it just three years at that point. And you think you know these things about yourself. Like, oh, I can go a year without something I've been doing every night for three years and I love. And then you try it out and, holy shit, no, I couldn't.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I was like, wow, I I must love this because, you know, I can make... You know, $1,500 or $1,600 in two weeks at my regular job and blow through it like peanuts but if I get like 20 bucks for a comedy spot I shove it into a cigar box like I'm 10 you know what I mean and just hold on to it because it's like kind of a pride thing or like a metric thing of like wow you're getting paid a little bit on the regular now like yeah. this ain't much but it's more than it was like a year or two years ago or whatever and I'm like how do I justify this to myself but I do and it just it feels right and it feels honest. It's fucking weird.
2: Yeah, on the on the few <laughs> occasions that I've made comedy money, it feels so much better cuz it's like you're getting paid to do something you would just be doing anyway. Right. It's like right. free money.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like work. Th- yeah. You know. It's like
2: I was going to be doing this at a show that was probably worse. That's the best thing about getting paid for comedy is you're also probably on a show that's way better than a regular show you'd be doing. Right. Like in my experience, it's like you get paid and the show is way better than what you would have been
1: doing otherwise. And sometimes when those laughs come, you're like, wow, am mm-hmm. I, did I just cheat? Cause there's, yeah. sh- cause the quality of the laugh is so much better.
2: Yeah. It's great.
1: Then. So what made you fall in love with comedy? Was there a point in when you were doing stand up, that you were like, this is it I'm in.
2: I think like the first, I've heard other people say this too, is like the first time I was just like, oh, this is great. I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah. 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 That was like that for me, too. The first time I was just like, why haven't I been doing this f- the whole time? Yeah.
2: I was like, right? so I was so nervous. I was so nervous for like the first whole year. Yeah. But It was like, I don't know. It's kind of intoxicating. It's great.
1: It's t- I mean, it's totally addictive. It's I think the most addictive form of performance because it's like so purely creative mm-hmm. and totally relies on you and you can do it. So often Yeah you like,
2: have like Such control over it Yeah
1: And as an actor You don't have that much Control at no, all There's constantly yeah. people Telling you what to do And you're lucky To get to do it mm-hmm. Other than at an audition Which is not the same Experience at all And then this you just like Oh wow I can completely Control the experience I get to do it Whenever I want Yeah And then if it goes bad I can just Do another set
2: yeah, 15 I love, minutes
1: later somewhere
0: else.
2: I love that it's never like finished, Like even when you're kind of done writing a joke. The joke's never finished. You just get tired of telling it.
0: That's so true. Where was your first mic?
2: Uh, at O'Sullivan's in Arlington. Yes. Shout out to Kurt Shackleford.
0: Holy shit. Was I hosting then that night? Was I the house MC then? I
2: don't think you were. Okay. I don't remember who was. It was probably... Nick Hopping, but I don't remember. I, vi- I was so nervous, and I didn't know anybody.
0: Okay, so what year was that?
2: Oh, boy. This is two years ago?
0: Okay. I may have just quit at that point because mm. I was the host or the house MC there for about a year's time, and that's where I first met Elena, too. Yeah, that's when I was
2: really, really new and I met you. Mm-hmm. You guys? oh Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that room.
0: Yeah. It was cool. It was fun. I mean, it was cool for like a year. It was one of those things where I did it for free and I did it just because, hey, it's Sunday night and, you know, it was like maybe I can brush up my hosting a little bit and make it cleaner for these. Arlington audiences which completely failed I mean I got a little bit better at hosting but I can't be that clean I just (laughs) I I mean nah
2: did you have to be clean and
0: you didn't have to be that was more my expectation I have this idea this sort of like running joke with myself that one day I'm gonna get enough of like an arsenal in the clean department where I could start racking up money at like clean venues because there are You know, good money-making opportunities in, like, cleaner comedy. I mean, you do cruise ships. You can do, um, you know, what is the guy, Maurice Brown's rooms or whatever. Go down to Florida or wherever he wants to go, these church shows or whatever. They pay, man. I mean, it's, like, unbelievable some of the amounts I'm hearing. And I've talked to Maurice, and I can do profanity-free comedy and still crush in most settings, but the content is not clean enough. I'm still going to be talking about the shit I talk about, which, you know, is, you know, it's what it is.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's what you want to be doing, then I guess that's, like, what you should do. Like, I don't think you should compromise, like, what you want to talk about.
0: Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. But, I mean, you know, it's it doesn't hurt to be able to say, you know what, I could get on this cruise ship like this is another thing i've researched a little bit like i met a person at a wedding that worked for royal caribbean and he was telling me oh you could hit me up send me a clean tape you know and a dirty tape because they'll do like an r-rated show at one point in the night for like the parents but then earlier they do like a kind of like pg-13 pg for the kids they clock bank i mean those guys make like Anywhere from 150,000 or more a year going, like, I mean, it's 350 nights on cruises and stuff, and but it, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I don't know, it's just something, I th- it's almost like a muscle building thing. I like to be able to say, like, I'm versatile, I can switch up if I want to. I mean, I don't want to. In the perfect PD Steel world, everybody would just love blue shit all the time, but, you know, that just isn't real.
1: Well, I think it also brings up an interesting question, like what you said about you shouldn't have to compromise what you want to talk about. But the reality in the entertainment industry is that as a creative you usually do have to compromise for money in some way, shape or form. So do you guys think that you would compromise, say, if you are, you know, fully living off comedy and half the gigs that you have to get, you know, they not even just clean, but they tell you like you can't not say anything political. We don't want to hear anything sexual. We don't want to hear... Oh, I guess that falls under clean. But, you know, we don't want to hear anything about, I don't know, backpacks that are green because we at this corporate event, we make backpacks that are blue. You know what I mean? So would you compromise that much if you had to for money? Or are you more of, like, a purist comic that you're like, I'm Anthony Jeselnik style, where you're like, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about no matter what?
2: I don't know. I feel like that's so far away for me that I don't know. But I do like thinking about a company that is able to have a corporate event but also only makes blueback.
1: Yeah, well, you you'd be surprised. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I feel like I've <laughs> I've had to go to like different corporate you can't mention certain things yeah. if you're if you're presenting at something and you know that stuff may seem far away but then like stuff in this industry I, I've seen it a lot where like just overnight, you know, things will click and you'll yeah. start working. So it is a question that I feel like you got to ask yourself.
0: Yeah, like, I can remember even at the you know, the one year mark having to compromise and do this room that, you know, Dylan Meyer, R. I. P. to Dylan and Danny Charnley and Rob Mayer used to run out in Rockville called the Potomac Grill. And they had an there was an S and M um, meetup group that would come before the open mic and one of the rules of the house became that you couldn't make fun of them while they were still getting out leaving out the door while the comedy show was starting and we're all like what the fuck we're comics how can we not make fun of this this is like perfect but that was the rule you know um
2: did you guys stick to the rule
0: yeah we did we definitely did and you know we were rewarded by having that piece of shit room for another year and a half or something no, okay it was a great room while it ran um but you know it, it's interesting because I was a little bit more in line with what you're saying Bridget I think when I was you know one two years in where I was like yeah I'm so far from that and frankly i'm not gonna compromise fuck that you know la 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 but you just find out the more close you get to working in clubs doing these you know then there wasn't the improv open mic but i would go with like sean savoy down to tampa or i'd go to baltimore work the comedy factory and people would tell me like you know polished features and headliners hey You're going to have to be able to do a clean front hosting set if you want to get on here. Andrew Longer at Magoobies had me do two sets within the span of a year, guest sets. The first one I did and killed, he says, 230. Then he sent me back a year later, had me do another. Then it killed and it was clean. And then he called me two years later and said, You want to host one weekend. But that's the thing. It's like, you don't always understand kind of the intricacies of the business and certain things fall into play like they'll say yo check it like we want to have people that are new maybe this is their first time coming to a comedy show we've run this big ad promotion they're coming on cheap tickets we want them to come back we want them to buy food and drinks and buy things if you come up and there's pd steel jumping up with you know dropping this and that and bam bada, bam bada, bam 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 You might walk some of them, whereas once they get lubricated, get a couple drinks in them, then the feature comes on, says whatever, and then they're ready to go, and they'll just keep buying more shit. And headliners even put it in their riders. Like, you'd be surprised to say, I want a clean host straight up for that reason, because maybe they have a door deal or something like that, Yeah, I mean,
2: I don't know if I've thought about that so much, just because... I think my material is pretty clean. It is, in like, general. I don't have a lot of, right. I don't have any, like, sex stuff, and I don't curse that much. I'd say my stuff's, like, morbid sometimes, but that's sort of the extent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm um,
2: So, yeah, I haven't really put a lot of thought into it.
0: Yeah. And you may not have to. I think you might be naturally pretty clean to the point of not having to have this conversation i have with myself every 30 minutes you know
2: Every that's that's a that's a lot of time (laughs) you have the same conversation every 30 minutes
1: yeah bridget doesn't have to worry about degenerate jokes like you and me (laughs) and the funny thing is when i started comedy i really set out to not be a dirty comic at all like i was like i want to be really clean like ellen like i don't want to do any sex jokes i think that's cheap and now like half my good jokes are all like about anal. Like it's just
2: Yeah. But like you do.
1: Yeah. Like what's Yeah, well I I think they make a bigger point, but that's yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that so I know that you come from a pretty religious background. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's sometimes the way that you artistically express yourself? Being clean comes from that that you weren't necessarily in a world where that was okay to say or do you just think that's just the way you express yourself or how do you think that's affected your comedy?
2: Um, I don't. I definitely, at some point, like, I don't think I have any jokes. You no, know, I have a c- couple jokes. I don't know if I would love that my family would hear, mm-hmm. but, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing that I would definitely, like, stop them from hearing right. if I could, but, um, I don't know. It just has never come up when I was writing jokes. Right. So, like, maybe one day it will, and then I'll have to rethink it, but... Right So far it just hasn't It hasn't happened yet so. I got
1: you And for the people Because I know But we're referencing this Tell me a little bit You. I think you have A very interesting family So tell oh. us about Just because it's yeah. huge Yeah I have a
2: really big uh, Irish Catholic family uh-huh. From Manassas, Virginia uh, I'm the second of seven That's insane So And we go Boy, girl, boy, girl Boy, girl, boy It's a little pattern Wow Yeah
1: <laughs> so you're so it's basically like you're an oldest sibling essentially yeah, being yeah because I'm an older brother seven.
2: so I feel like the oldest we consider like the oldest two the oldest and the youngest two the youngest and the middle ones are the middle ones got gotcha. you we just share places and <laughs> how exactly. do you,
1: how do your younger siblings feel about you doing stand up do they just think it's the coolest or uh, they're like no
2: what? they don't um, <laughs> my so some of my siblings have seen me which was very nice of them to come. Uh, my uh, my youngest sister is 15, so she hasn't seen me because she can't come oh, to right. anything. That's right. That's uh, right. My parents haven't seen me. So last time I was home, she was like, <laughs> she was like, you're not even that funny. She was <laughs> like, tell some jokes, and I was like, no. And normally. I would never just do jokes for a person, right. but it's, like, my little sister, so I had to. Right. So I was, like, bombing in my living room <laughs> <laughs> for my little sister.
1: You should have brought some of the other ones, so yeah. at least it felt like more of no, a fool.
2: I, I, got, I finally got her to laugh because I told a joke that I didn't tell all the time about uh, how my our other sister... Like told me I was ugly That's like the punchline Of the joke I know that joke It's a and, funny joke And uh, she liked that one <laughs> That one made her laugh <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. So yeah As long as <laughs> you're <hard> to do. <laughs>
1: The more self-deprecating Yeah She's happy She was
2: like She was like That was a good one It's <laughs> so, like thanks So It's funny It was a success All around
1: and Is anybody else In your family creative?
2: Yeah yeah They're all very creative uh, All of my siblings Are also very funny And my parents are funny
1: It's very Irish so, Of you guys Yeah I feel like I went to Ireland with my family years ago, and I just the the coolest thing about Ireland is the people because everybody is super funny. Yeah, they're a lot sh- of very sharp. S- yes, a lot of storytelling. Yeah, really fun to hang out with. Yeah, like,
2: a lot of a lot of creative
1: lies. Yes, yes. <laughs> Good.
2: Yeah. Perfect <laughs> background for
1: stand-up. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah, so my siblings are funny. They're they're funnier than I am probably, but I don't think they've, I don't know, felt like doing comedy. A lot of them are younger too,
1: right? Do you think that maybe some of them are seeing that you do it, and maybe like catching a bug a little bit?
2: Mm, maybe uh, I don't think that my siblings who have seen me were terribly impressed. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 so no, but they are—they are pretty creative in their own, in their own ways. My sister is cool. a poet and a writer, and she may, she's just like an artist. So cool. Yeah.
0: Would you say that, I mean, like, my old man, and my mom's more supportive, but my old man's, like, hardcore, and he's, like, you know, a year into it, I was going down to the improv in Tampa, and he didn't come up for the show or anything, and then afterward I was all like, yeah, it was so cool, like, opening with Pablo Francisco and doing this and that, and he was like, they give you a bag of money? That was his response, and he's just kind of all – You know, hardcore sort of old school guy when it comes to paying your bills, doing the thing. And I see that as typical of a lot of kind of Irish families when it comes to their kids venturing out into the arts. Um... Do you get any of that shit from your parents? I know they haven't come to see you yet to watch it, but are they like, what are you doing, Bridget? What are you doing with your no, life? No, they're actually
2: very supportive. Yeah? They would like to see me. I have not let them yet.
0: Oh. I'm
2: just I'm just, like, worried that it won't be good.
0: I hear you. Like I want it
2: to be good when they come to see it, so...
0: I feel you. Uh I I was the same with my mom, but then she found out after a year and a half where I was doing it one time (laughs) because my aunt's on Facebook. So then the three of them, my aunt, uncle, and her came, and I actually body bagged. It was amazing. Um, And then my mom called me the next day and left a voicemail, and she was like, Honey, you were the best one there, like, last night. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your mom. You know, I actually mean that, which means she means it because typically, you know, that's something she would lie about if I sucked, you know? Right. Um, but so and honestly that's been one of my favorite memories or biggest accomplishments since I started stand up was getting kind of her blessing in a sense and let me know I could keep doing it. And I've said on this podcast before, I think like when I started maybe for the first year or so, when you first start and people know you're doing it like couple times a month or something they're like oh that's so cool i've always wanted to try that la la i'd never have the guts then after about a year they're kind of like oh you're still doing that comedy thing you know and then after two years though and they've come to see you or something like that when the conversation's like so how's comedy going like they know it's here to stay um that's been my experience with kind of that reception of it and the evolution of that reception from family and, like, close friends. Would you say, w- what's what been your experience as, like, a newish comic?
2: Um, my, f- my family's been, like, support, like, they haven't asked me if I've, like, quit yet or anything like that. They've been supportive. I also didn't tell them till I had already, like, sort of committed, mm-hmm. like, emotionally. So, um... And then yeah, I think I just do it so often that if anything my friends are just like, are you ever going to come hang out with us <laughs> again? Oh wow. Uh But yeah, no, they've been they've been really supportive and nice. I've had some friends who've like they would come to all my shows when I was starting cuz all the shows were bringer shows. Yeah. And they were the they were the yeah, they were the real <laughs> the real troopers coming to see me do the same jokes over and over again.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. No well you said so in some respects you don't get to hang with some of your friends as much, but have there been any other sacrifices you feel you've made in commitment to comedy?
2: I mean, uh Yeah, my job is doesn't make nearly as much money as it used to, but I have way more time. Oh, so to, you change
0: jobs like yeah, midstream? That's sort of a, yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Sort of a long story that we don't have to get into, but... Uh, <laughs> if you don't want to, that's all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah, go but, uh, but, yeah, so my my job does not make as much money as it did before, but, I mean, it's, you know, enough, and I have way more time to do comedy. Uh, and I didn't like my old job anyway, so... Cool. Um. Yeah, I just don't have any free time to do anything anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you guys... I feel like most comics in this city are like that.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I've gotten kind of lucky in that sense because I started doing comedy when I first moved here. And when I first moved here two years ago, I didn't know anyone other than my husband and his family and, like, his guy friends. So a lot of people talk about, like, the sacrifice they've had to make. Like, what you're saying, you know, that they can't hang out with their friends anymore, but I had no friends. So it was really easy to, like, deep dive into comedy every night. And now, like, I was just in in L.A. I got back today with a lot of my best friends. And they're, like, asking me, you know, like, who who are your friends? What's your life like? I'm like, it is so different than when I lived here. I'm like, I just just imagine a life with no social life at all. I just work all day. And comedy every night. So it hasn't really been a sacrifice for me, but I think it's like a lot of comics where I just don't, I don't have a social life yeah. here, which it's, I mean, that's been extremely helpful for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I had friends, it might be very hurtful <laughs> to this career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. I also like on weekends, I kind of just want to sleep. Yeah. Because I definitely don't sleep enough during the week, but I feel like yeah. that also is pretty consistent with everybody else. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of sleeping during the day because I feel like yeah. on weekends, Days, yeah, just up super late Fridays and Saturdays mm-hmm. doing comedy, so it's just a lot of. I do. I tell people I I don't do comedy usually on Sunday nights for my marriage, but other than right. that, yeah, yeah, that's that's the sacred night.
2: Yeah, I try to take a, a day off. Right. Right now it's Mondays, but right it moves around.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, that's funny like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I've sacrificed in terms of like. Yeah, I dropped out of nursing school. I was thinking of going back and then becoming like a traveling nurse and, and doing comedy, going to different cities and all of that. Um, but I would also say in terms of friendships, it, it's, it hasn't felt like a sacrifice. Some have fallen to the wayside. I'll admit that. But it actually feels like those were kind of, I don't want to say meant to be because I don't believe in like predestination or nothing, but like they – it hasn't been hard letting them go because I happen to just love doing the comedy that much. So in a sense, it's just been kind of like a renovation, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. There, but also you know just the just kind of the mindset. Like once you're in that mindset, I don't think of it as like oh, you know I got to go up every single night necessarily. But I'm always thinking like I've got to do the next best comedy related thing. so if it's like going to Elena's place and shooting a sketch like we did last Sunday or you know if it's doing our weekly podcast uh, if it's getting up to try something new a few times a night or carving out like now I can dissect my like sets before I go up on stage kind of in my mind so I'll be like all right I'm gonna hit them with this joke that I know is like an A minus, then we'll lead into this new piece of shit that I wrote this afternoon <laughs> and see if I can make something out of this and then finish it off with like an A plus or whatever it is, you know? It, it's sort of like something's happened uh, to my brain in a good way. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Like, I feel like if I go for a couple days without going up, I get like itchy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But- that wean, yeah. Yup.
1: I also feel like in comedy, I've had to sacrifice a lot of ego. <laughs> if that makes <laughs> yeah, sense. For sure. I mean, especially because I mean, not I don't. This is going to sound a little bit egotistical, but because I came from working in television and then you know from going to that to like passing out flyers outside, mm-hmm. but it's a totally different art form. And I feel like, but everybody in some way, shape, or form, especially when you're new, yeah, you kind of have to do that because we all come into this, I think, thinking like. I'm gonna be the next Sarah Silverman or Chris Rock or Ellen or whatever and then it's like no you gotta pass out flowers outside yeah or you gotta be number 18 on the show or you gotta tell your friends that you brought like hey I'm gonna be number 18 on the show
2: yeah definitely I think it's like a like combination of delusion and uh I don't know humility Cause you have to be delusional enough to feel like this is a good idea, yeah. (laughs) but then like also like humble enough to not have an attitude when you're 18.
1: Right. Right. And I feel like that's sort of the relationship between delusion and humble is like something that you're working with throughout. Yeah. That's like all the time. It's a constant. Right. Right. That's the constant battle. I feel like
0: I most certainly do. And, uh, very briefly, we want to give a couple of announcements uh, for this weekend coming up. We have uh, tickets if you go to our CounterCurrents website or Twitter. Hit us up. Follow us, Currents DC as well as Instagram. We are giving out pairs of free tickets to see Sydney, Washington, and Anna Dresden, uh, 7 p.m., 9 p.m., both Friday the 6th and Saturday the 7th. As well as um we also have the great uh Haywood Turnipseed Junior and his Attack of the Comic Show at ten forty five Friday night and the heroic three guys on Randolph, Terrence, Andy Klein, and uh Tim Miller's open mic show ten forty five PM Saturday night. You may even get to meet me if you show up.
1: Or any of us, all three of us might might be there. Yeah. 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 And then we've got more shows at the Draft House this weekend.
0: Yeah, those are the ones I just said. Wow. Wow. Take the fucking <laughs> peroxide out of you. <laughs> I,
1: I think I fucked up that announcement two weeks in a row now. I, guys, I, I slept two hours last night. I I flew here from LA. Everybody, just so you all know, and don't judge me too much. Yeah, Elena's I'm still cool. the She's ugliest in one in the room, though. Don't worry.
0: Okay, C thirty seven D United. Maybe that'll be the name of this episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, Bridget, where can people follow you? Get in touch with you. Oh, they can follow me.
2: I just made a new Instagram. Oh shit! It's just my name, Bridget Gieran. Okay. Uh, spell that for the audience. It's B R I D G E T G E I R A N. So, that's my name. I only have three pictures so far, but they're pretty great. Yes. Yeah. So, I used to have... I had a re- I have a regular Instagram, and I was like, I'll just make this a public Instagram. So, people, you know, I don't know. That's a thing. But then, uh, some random people were liking photos of, like, my little sister for, her like, her 15th birthday. Like, rando guys. So, then I had to make it private. And then I had to make a new one. So... Oh Thanks, of Instagram. Yeah. So sorry to everyone who now follows two of my accounts.
0: Gotcha. Well, so will there be any more pictures of the 15-year-old on the new account? Not, not, never, not no, 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 no. Never. I'm not. This isn't for my interest. This is just.
1: This is where I'm supposed to keep <laughs> you is, in this line. This is why this Lane is where I take like, the mic. You know what? what? <laughs> you know what? What shows are you <laughs> doing coming up, Bridget?
2: <laughs> um, what shows am I doing? Um uh, Well, oh, it's fourth of July this week, so pretty much everything's cancelled. I'll be at Town Tavern on Thursday. <gasps> Me too. Yay! Yay. Um let's see. I'll be hosting at Big Hunt on the twentieth and twenty first, so
1: That's very cool. Yeah, awesome, guys. Well, yeah. thank you so much for listening. This has been Counter Currents. I'm your host, Elena Torres, and I will let Petey Steele do his announcement to leave.
0: Uh, Petey Steele, that wasn't a query. I was just victim blaming. Um, <laughs> But, yes, follow me, Petey Steele, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I got a new Twitter, actually. Oh, you finally... Yeah, I fine. do. Yeah, Blue Steel DC. Okay. So... B-L-U-E-S-T-E-E-L-E, capital D, capital C. Let's play a hashtag game. Uh, and you can find us next week, Monday. We'll be back at our normal tricks with a to-be-determined guest. But we want to thank Bridget for coming on. This has been a lot of Yay, fun.
2: Yay, thanks for having me. I Anytime,
0: mean, time and come back and uh, peace.